friends. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brittany. Together, we are two sisters who are here to help you learn some tips and tricks to help navigate this crazy journey called life. We bring you the perspective of a licensed LMHC therapist and expecting mother. And a slightly eccentric mom of two. When you combine us as sisters, we like to consider ourselves as quite the dynamic duo. So join us as we talk about all life has to offer. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and hit that follow, like, or subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts for updates. If you're liking what you hear, then leave us a five-star review. It helps us know what content you like and spreads the love to others to get resources and help for their mental health. All right, Tay, when we ended our last episode, we gave our listeners some homework. Yeah, you did. You gave your first therapy homework. I remember when I gave my first therapy homework. It's like a christening. Congratulations. It feels so good because usually I'm on the receiving end of (laughs) therapy. It makes you feel so cool and then so not cool. (laughs) (laughs) So for those who have already listened to our last episode, if not, uh, then we recommend you go listen to that because it sets up the foundation for what we're talking about today as we dove into transitions and expectations. Um, But if you listened last week, Pull out your mental list of um, spoken and unspoken expectations that you've recognized for yourself this week. Yeah. So hopefully you've gone through and identified all the areas that you feel like you get pressure from. I am what they call a systemic therapist. I don't know if we've ever explained that to you guys. Um, But what I'm trained to do is look at the things in our lives that influence us to develop and become who we are. So it's that nature versus nurture concept almost where it's like you are born a certain way. I was born Taylor, curly haired to my family, but my family's an influencer. So I was born Taylor, <laughs> curly hair, me, right? Half Latina, all these things. And then as I like understood my system, I had a family. I had, I went to school. I was in a certain socioeconomic status. I was um, influenced by all these things as I grew up and had these experiences of traveling and seeing the world and then getting an education and then getting another like degree and all those things have led to develop me into who I am, right? Yeah. But every time you have one of those things influence you, there comes expectations with it. There comes standards with it. There's come pressure. And that's where we're trying to help people identify those things today. Perfect. So let's dive into that first one. How can we be aware of expectations? What do we got, sister? How can you be aware? I know how to be aware. <laughs> um. I think that sometimes for me, I have to really dive into where I'm feeling the most pressure from. Mm -hmm. So let's say if I have a client that is asking for all of these different things, right? Like we have a tight deadline, then I feel more pressure from work. Mm -hmm. So at that point, then I am like, okay, I have these expectations from work and they're really driving me nuts. But that's somewhere that I can label it. It's, I think it's just identifying what is expected of you. Yeah. But then that's a really good example because you had a spoken expectation of this client needs this deadline, this client needs this material. Then Mm -hmm. you have your own unspoken expectations of I need to perform well. I need to do this job great because I'm a perfectionist. I need to be creative, get it done on time, um, not have it affect my family, still be a mommy. Like then it's rolled up. Do you see how it becomes much more complex? Than oh just my gosh. So you're stressing me out thinking about it. Yeah. It's more of just like, Sorry. like for one of my clients, you know, let's say I was working on this massive retirement guide a few months back, right. Mm-hmm. Or a website redesign. Mm-hmm. And it totally was all of these other factors factored into that. And it's yeah. like, how can I make sure I stay within my hours for my quote? How can I? Yeah. 
Yeah. Stuff and then you don't realize. But then you even have like, well, I still want to take care of myself. I'm supposed to take care of myself. I'm supposed to do all this. There's a lot of shoulds and supposed yep. tos in our expectations. And that's where yep. my highlight trigger words for my clients are shoulds or like yeah. supposed yep. to. And the minute that I hear those are the minute I'm like, why? And then that's where it gets you to start thinking I like need that for my therapist. Like, why are you scared of failing? What's going to happen if you don't end up, you know, mm-hmm. being the ultimate grade A dance mom? What's going to happen if you don't make yeah. the best cookies at the church potluck? Nothing. Nothing, Nothing. happens. Nothing. Nobody even cares. No. <laughs> but we have those expectations for ourselves, whether it's our predisposition, our exposure to experience, our exposure to our environment, the system we're in. There, it comes from a lot of different places, but it's still there, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of time when we verbalize this, like, let's say a girlfriend were to ask me, like, why are you so stressed? My automatic response would be, oh my gosh, I have this website deadline and it's just mm-hmm. killing me. And mm-hmm. that's all I would say, right? Mm-hmm. That is a spoken expectation. I would never say all these other things. Like, no, I'm feeling a lot of this burnout because I'm not exercising as much. I ate crap food for lunch and... I, my kid's not going to church today and whatever, right? Like yeah. we wouldn't have those other things that would come out. Yeah. It makes you a lot more vulnerable. Yeah. Makes you more vulnerable. And it's harder to list all of these unspoken expectations that you're feel like you're failing at, even if you're really not. <laughs> well, I feel like there's always like five to 10 things in the back of my head where I'm like, I should be doing this. I could be doing this. Like, yes. You know, and that's where being like ADHD I, I have the worst time procrastinating and time management at times. And, but that that adds to that pressure too, at the same time. So it's, it's this weird pull where you're like, I should be, it's my anxiety and my ADHD fighting together too. So then there's other things on top of like outside things. There's literally neurological things fighting myself at the same time where my anxiety is like, I'm stressed over this deadline. I need to do this. And my ADHD is like, we're done for today. And, you know, and then like being pregnant, it's been like, you have contractions. So you're going to like have to sleep for another three hours to make up for what you didn't get. Or, you know, like it's this whole mess of you have physiological things associated with external things. And for people who have chronic illness too, or people who have the same dynamic going on where they have mental health things, or you just had a hard day, people, you don't even have to have like, you know, anything like that. You right? just have, your body's just done that day. Um, it's hard to juggle all of those things. Yes. So this is a stupid question to ask you, but hey, Taylor, does stress come from expectations? my answer to that would be a so don't get bleeped out oh heck yes (laughs) yes (laughs) oh my gosh that's hilarious Uh, heck yes (laughs) these spoken and unspoken expectations are draining like we put so much pressure on ourselves to perform to excel at everything like like i said earlier it's not just the website redesign it's 50 other things below that. Well, usually what I get is I have clients come in and they'll name one thing and it's associated yeah. with 50 other things. Like um, really generalized example would be like a teen coming in, they're worried about their school grade or like a project, right? They're worried about accomplishing a project and then they're panicking. And then all of a sudden we'll just be like, okay, so why are we so worried? You know, and then it'll be like, because it's a presentation and I have to be in front of people and people are going to make fun of me. And then I already have a hard time fitting in socially. And then if I don't do well, my parents will take my phone away and I need to get into college because I don't want to end up on the street. And like, yeah. it's, it's all these things. And I just look at me like, 
yep, that sounds about right. You know, like, yep. and it's then it just keeps spiraling. Class. Yeah, like, and then they'll they never be go. able to buy nose clothes. And yeah, because I'll never get yeah. a degree. Yeah, yeah, it's so big. Yeah, and it's this is the way it is for pretty much everything is like the minute that you feel like you have an expectation is the minute that internal or external, you know, it's the minute that you start to your motivations change a lot and your um, ability to like really cope with it changes. Yeah. And this is something like I'm totally giving advice here to people, but I am horrible at it. <laughs> like yeah. Taylor can admit this to me. I yeah. mean, I think the, the beautiful part of this concept is nobody should have this one down. <laughs> like oh, as a you. therapist, <laughs> I teach this one as a, you know, like a human being though, this is something we're going to constantly deal with because we're pack animals is what I call us, right? Like we like yeah. people and we want to be accepted in a group and we want to find our place, find our identity, like find a connection. And this is just a part of that dynamic. And there's no way we can avoid it. There's no way to master it. There's just a way of being transparent is what they said in school, which just means like owning it. I go into sessions with my clients and like they taught me in school, like if I'm having a hard day or something, you just got to be honest and be open and just state what it is, but not mm -hmm. like have it take up the room, right? So like being pregnant, I've been like really, you know, some days I'm just not feeling good, but I'll go in and be like, yeah, today's just a rough day, like, you know, pregnancy day, but we got this. So like, let's go. And just noting that has a power to it, right? Instead of me feeling yeah. like I need to go and put on a mask and be like, I'm fine. It's okay. Like, no, I'm not fine. I'm not okay. But at the same time, I'm showing up for you and I care. And that's, that has power in it, right? So I feel like the only way to navigate this is through being honest, owning it and transparency, that acceptance, right? Like, this is what we're dealing yeah. with. This is what it is. Like, we got to figure out how to take and navigate it from what we have. Yeah. And I like the other part too that you brought up that nobody is perfect. We aren't expected to be perfect. I was talking to Adeline recently. Um, we had found out that one of our friend's children had attempted suicide. And so it brought up a lot of these feelings for me as a parent, right? With my daughter who is anxiety. And I was like, I need to make sure that she knows that even if she makes a mistake or she doesn't live up to these expectations that she's still loved and she's still important. And I think I had told you this. And she blew me away with her answer because she's like, why are you telling me this? And I was like, because I want you to know that if, if you do something that isn't, you know, meeting mm -hmm. an expectation that you have been set, that you're still okay and you're loved. And she looked at me, she goes, I know that I don't have to be perfect. Nobody's ever been perfect. And I was so like, yes. I was so proud of her, right? Because yeah. in my mind, I was like thinking of all of these things that she had done recently. Yeah. That could be weighing heavy on her, especially knowing that she has anxiety. Yeah. But rather than her stewing on that, it was just, yeah, I, I know I've messed up, but nobody has to be perfect. And I think that's where we have to give ourselves yeah. grace. Well, like, okay, that just made me think of something. So I saw this Instagram video where this, um, she's like a health fitness instructor person. And like somebody had asked her a question about how do you help your daughter not develop an eating disorder? Okay. And I loved her answer of like, you know, I developed one. I was in a healthy house. I didn't have social media all these things that this mom was blaming it for of like societal pressures and stuff like that. And she's like, at the end of the day, I discovered I developed um, like the disorder and the self-consciousness in my body to, and like was taught to hate it because my mom hated her body and yeah. how I was taught to like talk about myself. I watched her diet all my life and like all these things. And I, I love that reminder because I'd heard that before, but what really happens is we get our verbiage from our group we're in, right? Like mm -hmm. we had a mom who was super positive for us. And so it led us to be easier 
down that path of positivity. And like, based off our two personalities, we both kind of went a different way on how we approached our body and our health, right? Oh, yeah. But you can see like how our this mom thing, was good. Our mom was good. Develop but, but again, you had a predisposition for that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So like you can't always avoid those things because there's a predisposition. And then you did have societal factors like influence you, right? Right. However, yeah. you had an easier time coming out of it. Like you didn't have to go into a treatment center like a lot of people do. Oh, yeah. Because you still had that support system, which is like really rare, right? Like yeah. most people need to go to therapy and everything else and you pulled out of it. Like shouldn't have happened. And it's because you were like modeled and taught that verbiage. You were modeled and taught all these things, right? Yeah. And I think for us, that's where a lot of my clients really connect to me because I'll just be straight up honest. I'm like, yeah, I'm here because I I made a mistake or I'm here. I like, I learned this wisdom from this situation. And I just will like tell them like my story and be like, yeah, I was dumb too. I did things too. Or I saw things or, you know, and that's where we don't need people to be perfect. We need people to be vulnerable. We need people to like just own. It's not all roses in our lives, but you can use that to be better. And I think that's where you can alleviate some expectations. Yes. Name them. Realize you don't have to be perfect. Cut yourself a break. There's a power. <laughs> there's a. I think there's a power not only for my clients, but it's been for me too. The more that I own it, the less pressure I feel. Like the more I'm just like, oh yeah, this is what you get. Like, take it or leave it. You know, it's there's been a relief for me of I don't have to live up to these expectations because of that. Like, and people love that. People like feel more connected when we are. I'm not perfect. Yeah. It makes it, yeah. It makes you feel more relatable. It makes you a better part of the human experience. It creates a better dialogue. Yeah. Absolutely. Nobody's perfect. You also don't need to go and die on your stick though and be like, this is all my dirty laundry, which I think some people have a hard time. Oh my gosh. Like, some people really those hear it too. all out. Yeah. I know. It's like some people like, you don't need to know my whole story. You don't need to know like, I'm like, you know, like what, what I was taught in grad school really was be transparent. Don't be um, invasive. So is it bad to have expectations then? I mean, right now we're making them sound pretty horrible to have all these expectations. I want to be like, I'm going to go live on a beach with no society and no norms. Like, it really stresses me out. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I'm sorry, people, I use my dog so much, but he's a perfect example because he's like a oh, yeah. base A for everybody. You know, like you can see it so simplistically with how dogs think. And we are similar. So I'm going to do my dog analogy. But <laughs> um, <laughs> if Koa had zero expectations, Koa would be a terrible dog. Like he, he would be, he'd be a yeah, crazy animal. He would be climbing on things, stealing food that he wants, peeing in the house, um, not able to go in public. Like he, if you've met Koa, you know, he is very, very well trained. Like he's very sweet, very loving. He listens, he greets people nicely, doesn't jump up, all these things, right? Those are expectations. Yeah. He does have expectations. And when he does not meet those expectations, poor baby gets a nose tap. Like, you did <laughs> not do that. What did he do the other day? We were both just like shocked. Matt's is like, oh, nose tap him, nose tap him. Like, it was like a panic because we don't usually have to <laughs> nose tap him. And I was like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because he's so good at knowing what his boundaries are. So expectations can be really good for knowing our boundaries. If we didn't have you know, like rules or things like that, we would have anarchy, we would have like chaos. So you need to have expectations, you need to have something that's motivating us something that keeps us in line. That's not bad. You know, like, 
I feel yeah. like for me, my own expectations led to me being successful, like led to me accomplishing all my goals and stuff. But um, yeah, if I didn't have those and like, I don't know, I'd probably be sitting on the couch not doing anything, right? Um, or expectations of like a role that I have, you know, being a mom, being a therapist, being whatever, like those are keeping me going and they're helping me perform better. So they can be very useful and very powerful. They can also help for boundaries or like advocate for others too. You know, like that's why we get um, a lot of like social movement activists and stuff like that. Like it's a good thing to expect people to be a certain way mm-hmm. when those are spoken or when they're realistic. And the keyword is realistic, right? Like right. realistically, I expect my dog to perform and behave most of the time. I can acknowledge that he's going to be a little spastic sometimes. Like one time he stole carne asada off my sister-in-law's counter, like this huge slab. And I was just like shocked because he never steals anything off the counter. And, you know, like. He really wanted that. He did. But for Kolo, that Not was like. Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it was like, that never happens, you know. And like, um, instead of getting super mad and shaming him, he just was re- re-instructed his expectations and he continued to perform those. Or I could have taken him and like really gone overboard and been like, he can never be around me to get on the counter. He can never whatever. And we didn't do that. See, that's unrealistic where I'm like, he should never have a slip up. He should never do anything wrong. And it's like, no, he's a dog. And it was a huge pee to me. Like, <laughs> like what dog's not going to try and go steal that? I would too if I was him. You know, that's realistic expectations is I expect him to try to perform if he cannot, then we have to remind, right? But right overall, he's going to have a slip up once in a while. Yeah. Just like all of us. Overall, yeah. we will. Yeah. You're but- not going to be – yeah. You're not going to do it every single time. You will need reminders. You wrote like Anthony's reminders. You know, like this <laughs> is how it about? goes. I don't know what you're talking about either. <laughs> <laughs> so expectations can be positive. Um, yeah. We they can actually be very, very useful. Yeah. I mean, in my own life, expectations definitely keep me going. Deadlines Sometimes. are good, they're, but they're a dopamine release. They're a motivator. Like, we yeah. need them. We can't not yeah. have them. They just are bad when they're extreme or misused or used to shame. That's what I was just going to say. We just have to keep them balanced and not get in our own yeah. heads. Because, yeah. and this was the negative side that we've already kind of touched on, so we won't go too far to make you feel bad. But, mm. like, they can give you unnecessary pressure. Mm. Um you people pleasers mm-hmm. Taylor, I, I don't have a problem with that at all where's your badge <laughs> Brittany? <laughs> i always joke that i am like the president of the people pleasers anonymous club if anybody yeah anyone wants to join you should make like stickers or something if anybody wants to join me in the ppac club um let me know and i will mail you a sticker mm-hmm. because we can do that actually. So we'll post that. We'll have PPAC stickers on our Instagram. I love that. The problem with PPAC is that your motivators then go way down. Like they're not authentic in you. And then you're doing a bunch of things that aren't for you. They're for PPAC. Like, right. Yeah. And that's that's why it's a problem. Those expectations. They're not positive at that point. Yeah. Oh. But the minute that you are empowered to, and this is a crazy thing, it can be the exact same expectation. It's just what's motivating you to do that. So like, I can only think of a religious example for me, but like, um, right now off the top of my head. So, um, religiously, I have one from a podcast that is religious. Okay. Cleaning your house. Okay. 
there i was listening to this awesome podcast uh, we'll link it in our show notes it was like i think i mentioned it before too like cleaning and adhd and stuff mm-hmm. but she was saying that if you're cleaning your house so that when your neighbors come to your house mm-hmm. so your house looks good that's not a good motivator but if you're cleaning your house and she had brought up an example like i have found that i want to keep a clean house because i need to be able to find my children's shoes in the morning when they go to school mm-hmm. so we don't fight for 20 minutes as they find can't find their shoes and get them out the door yes. so she's like my motivator switched from being a people pleaser from having this clean home yep. to i am doing this because it actually makes my life better so yep. she's like it was the same situation but my motivation changed my yep. expectation changed for myself yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly like, and you can look at. I mean, I'm fine sharing this one, but like the religious one that I was going to give was, um, like I was raised in the religion that I am in now, but there was a point in my life where I was like, "Am I doing it because I was raised in it, or am I doing it because I like it? Then I like the lifestyle and I like the belief system that I am in, and that's yeah. where um, I chose to stay." a part of that religion because of, I liked what I was doing. I liked what I was a part of. I liked the lifestyle it was giving me. Um, right. But until that motivator was changed, one was more, less authentic. You know, one was more like, why am I doing this? This is annoying. This is a lot of rules. This is a lot of blah, blah, blah. And now I do it. I'm like, this is great. Like, I love it. But it's because yeah. my motivation has changed where I'm like, I value this in my life instead of being, I feel forced into this. And that's yes. the key difference is do you feel like you align with something? Do you actually have enough like conviction in whatever you're doing? It can be any part of your life. And that's what's going to actually give you a difference in is the expectation good or is the expectation not good? Yeah. What is your motive behind it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's for people pleasing to go to church, is it for people pleasing to keep your house clean? Yeah. Or am I doing this because this benefits me and I see a real benefit from it? Yeah. Or is it because, yeah, I really like it a part of my life and it's for me, right? Yeah. And that's where, or it's because it benefits my relationship or it benefits my whatever is your overall goal. Like we're looking at, does this benefit your life experience? Does this benefit you? And if it doesn't, you need to reassess and you need to figure out how it either can or you need to figure out a totally different thing. And if it doesn't, then okay. And if it does, great. Okay, so let's dive into this now. Now that we've talked all the way around expectations, what are realistic versus unrealistic expectations of ourselves, Tay? Yeah, so I kind of mentioned some of it earlier, but they're more about the things that, um, what's actually feasible? <laughs> like I have people right on their, <laughs> on their list, like I need straight A's. Okay, what if you have a crazy teacher and you're just not going to get straight A's? Like I was a straight A student in high school. I went to BYU. Um, for my undergrad and I, yep. ca- I went chem one of five, man. Chem one of five was my like, Killed demon. Both of us. Oh, good heck. Um, like that's my <laughs> one time where I literally felt like I was stupid. And I remember going in and getting like two tests that I got 33% on, never got a 33% in my life. Um, not a stupid person, you know, like, but I yeah. like, it was terrible. And I just remember that experience of going in and being like, I am worthless. I am dumb. It like rocked my world. I had an unrealistic expectation for myself though, right? The curve, I ended up getting a C plus in the class because it was that hard, right? So two 33% on the test. I got a D. Two 33% on tests, no logical way. But then because it was so hard for everybody else, it got transitioned up, right? And that's where- We had some that ruined our curve. (laughs) Because there's always the nerds. No, I'm just joking. We love you nerds. Yeah. But there's always those that are like, well, they do they do hit that mark. 
And that's really frustrating too to look at. But you know what? I had to come to that realistic expectation. Chem is not my absolute strength. I can do it if I have to. Uh, I don't love it. (laughs) And it's not how my brain thinks. Feelings are way better for me. Neuroscience, way better for me, you know? And that's where some of it is a mourning period of like, this is probably not the best for me. Um, And some of it will just be like, you have to readjust your expectations. Yeah, we both had to pivot in that regard because I started school out pre-med as well and ended up with an advertising degree with a minor in graphic design, like total pivot. Um, And I still, I still think that I could have done pre-med because I was, uh, my goal, which all my clients laugh, was neuroscience or not neuroscience, um, to be a a surgeon. Like I was going to be a surgeon for the thoracic surgeon, heart and lungs. Um, and I think I could have done it, but I, I decided I didn't want anymore after like going through the classes and then you had a baby my freshman year. And I just remember sitting there at Ada and I was just like, I want my life to actually like have this. I want like my baby. Like I don't want to be a surgeon. And I changed because I was like, I want to be a mommy and I want to find a job that lets me not be at work for 13 hours a day or 20 hours a day. Like I want to have a life. And so I changed. Right. And that's where I think sometimes when we think we change, we're failures or whatever. And I still, to this day, I'm like, I never regretted my decision. Like I have the best job for being a mommy. Like me and my husband were talking about that the other day. Like this job's amazing for what I do and like the structure and flexibility we have in our lives and everything else. And it's because I was willing to change my unrealistic expectation that did not align with what I wanted out of life. Yeah. I have a quote with that. I think Ada had actually texted this to you recently, but uh, the kids and I have been reading Fish to Tree by Linda mm-hmm. Hunt. And it turns out it's an Albert Einstein quote. But so Albert Einstein has said, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. So this ties in so well to this education example that you and mm-hmm. I had, because we had had these expectations of ourselves, we really mm-hmm. thought we were failing. But yeah. in all reality, we had different abilities. We weren't meant to climb that tree. We were meant to go swim in the ocean. Yeah. And so I think we just all have to remember that sometimes. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Like, pivot. Realize what you're meant to do um, and identify what's actually best for you to accomplish in those moments. I think it's really hard because we have these preconceived notions of what we should be. Like, I remember being your little sister and always being like, I should be more social. I should be, you know, and just wanting to be like you because you were my sister. Right. And that's not bad at all. That's like a good thing. You want to be like people you look up to. And then I had to finally come to accept, like, I'm a little different and that's, I can do some things my sister can, but then there's still good things that I can offer. And that's where, you know, those are unrealistic expectations when you just don't have the materials. It's almost like I tell my clients, if you want to be taller, you're five, two, I'm sorry, honey, we can't do surgery to make you taller. We have to accept what we are. Like, right. I can't, I can't do surgery on you for that. Right. But some things like if you want to be healthier and eat healthier and like exercise, great. But like, there's certain things you can just not alter about yourself. That's just you. And that's where those are realistic expectations or unrealistic is what do you have control over? what is actually like your materials you're working with. And sometimes we're not going to like all the answers. Yeah. If you're a fish, you're probably not meant to climb a tree. So yeah, that's the best quote. Yeah. I was like, you. it's it's accurate though. Yeah. It is so true. Um, 
So let's dive into our last thing is perfectionism with expectations. That is like, oh, they just go. As a, I like how overwhelmed you are just thinking. Oh about it. You're like, oh. I made a lot of progress. I think since COVID, honestly, because it was another time. Mm-hmm. Well, I I have always been a perfectionist. Those who have known me my whole life, like my sister. Mm-hmm. know that this is a case. I mean, mm-hmm. I always, I used to joke in high school. I was like Rory Gilmore. I would show up in my J crew chinos and my Argyle sweaters <laughs> with my hair scarves and Doc Martens. I was a dork. Um, <laughs> I got good grades. I got a scholarship to BYU, right? Like mm-hmm. this is truth. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I need to be perfect. I need to be perfect. And I held on to that for a long time. I think yep. it was when Anson was born. Yeah. Was when I finally was like, life doesn't always go the way that you're hoping. Like, it's just not, I mean, Anson's perfect. There's not like, not that Anson should have taught me that, but like mm-hmm. just raising this like wild carefree little dude with ADHD really opened me up to that idea. Mm-hmm. Like, and you can see this, um, we can't control everything. And it's taken me a long time to get to this point. And I am still, uh, yeah, a people pleaser, obviously. I mean, I am the president of PPAC. P-P-A-C. You are. <laughs> people pleaser anonymous club. <laughs> I think I just love how everybody um, thinks that they know what they should be doing, right? Like, like I thought at 18, I knew I should be a neuroscience or neuro, or the uh, sorry, thoracic surgeon. I thought I knew I should be um, you know, doing all these things. And I laugh every day when I go in my office and I have a dog and I talk about (laughs) feelings all day and I'm sitting in my office with, you know, like having snacks with clients, trying to get them to eat. And like, totally, I would never, ever have imagined like marrying a redhead, like, you know, this, (laughs) like (laughs) all these things that I'm like, I would never, ever imagine this for my life, but it's turned out way better than I thought my life would ever turn out. Right. Like it's almost this trade, but the reason that it turned out that way is because I allowed flexibility within my life too. And it's okay to have goals. It's okay to have this loose idea. But when I have these teens coming in and they're being like, you know, this is how my life is going to go. I always am like, you don't know. (laughs) You don't don't have control over that, you know? And that's the problem is it's unknown and that's really scary. And that's where, the perfectionism, the control thing tries to come from all of that is, but you can't know. And then your expectations are unrealistic when you don't know. And that's the the balance that we're trying to get today. Right. Um, but I also see this pushed on with a lot of systems, religion, culture, things like that, where, you know, you feel like you need to hit this standard, hit this thing, do everything right. I call it like the check boxes, right? Like, oh yeah. um, both group religious, both still religious, but I feel like we are very different from how we thought about it when we were little versus how we think about it now. And we were taught yes. to think about but, it the way you think about it now. Yeah. And we really had to consciously do that though. Like yeah, our but we were taught us that. Yeah. Like not to dive into the culture of religion. Yes. Yes. That this is yeah. This and what we're defining culture life, as, Bernie, what are we defining culture as? Because we have this conversation a lot. Uh, like in our specific religion? Yeah. Like what's what's like the general idea of culture? Oh my gosh. Uh, so Taylor and I are a part of the Mormon church, the LDS church, for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know. 
So if we were to go into the culture, most of you will probably picture these stereotypical things, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm going to bring jello and tater tots and <laughs> cheesy potatoes and I am going to have 20 kids and I am going Married to at 19. be happy with a smile. Mm-hmm. Married at 19. Those are all cultural Do everything parts. right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do everything right. Be more soft-spoken. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we are not soft-spoken. <laughs> All in any of those. And, any and of I them. I was actually talking to um, a girlfriend of mine recently, and she was she hasn't been coming to church as much. Okay. And so she was like, can I sit by you? Will you still accept me? And I was like, what? Why wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. I was like, just because you're not living the culture, I could care less. If you want to come mm-hmm. sit by me, come sit by me. But we've had to we've had to make this divide where it's you just can't bite into the culture of everything, whether it's religion mm-hmm. or like, I know we've brought this up dance mom stuff, yep. what you see on social media. Yeah. Um, there for a while, Avalon was really identifying as like the Visco girls. She's yeah. like, I love the beach. I love smiley faces. Blah, blah. And she's like, I guess I'm a Visco girl. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not like identifying ourselves. Yes. Like just because you like these things or you're part of this group or this religion or this, it doesn't mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, for a dance mom, it doesn't mean that I always went with my, you know, yeah, boob jobs and giant eyelashes and was swearing at all the other little girls. Like that doesn't mean that's what I was. Cause that was a stereotype yeah. of the culture from TV. Yeah. That's what we're talking right? about for. Yeah. Like we don't want to, I hear this one all the time of like, I'm expected to be this way. And it's like, who expects you to be that way though? Like, is it because that's what the the people are doing? And then like, screw that if that's what the people are doing. Like, if that's not what you align with. And the reason I um, pull up religion, because it's so easy to see with that system, but it happens in every system. Does that make sense? So it's like, it's just an easier example for me to give, but it happens in every single one. And I feel like that's the thing is... um, it's really hard to sometimes not be a part of what the group is doing, what everybody and the people think. Like I, I've had mommies give me comments of like, I have multiple piercing in my ears. LDS people aren't known for like doing that. That was like old school, you know, having like multiple piercings in your ears or things like that. <laughs> yeah. That's not, <laughs> oh, some I did. Um, <laughs> and that's where it's just like, this doesn't mean anything about what I religiously believe, it just means I'm not culturally doing what you think I should align with. Right. Yeah. And that's where there's tons of example of across the board, school wise, teen relationships, um, dance mommy roles, being a super mommy. Like I'm not going to breastfeed. That has been really hard for some people to accept. Like, um, like, but it's not, you know, but as a culture mommy thing, like that is a, big deal in culture mommy world where I'm like, yeah, is, or, yeah, you know, like my husband gets longer paternity leave. So, um, because I need to go back and run my, my practice cause I'm running it by myself. Um, so I'm going back after four to six weeks. Like that's well, a- and the fact you're even a working mother in your religious culture. I mean, I've been called out for that before oh, too. Like- I get called out on that one all the time, you know, like, or that yeah. I, yeah. And that's where it's like, you're going to have these things in your life where yes, people are going to have these thoughts that you're doing it right. Or you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Welcome to the club. We all got it. We all have people's yep. opinions. And that's where the more you can say, how much am I taking that on? And how much am I defining my own expectations of myself for this? And how much pressure am I getting from it? And how much can I let this go and just be like, 
you're right, people. I I do have multiple piercings. I'm sorry that's a problem for you, but like I don't really care. Like you yeah. know, it's okay. Move on. Like I have a perfect example to wrap this one up, though, and you will die when you remember this. But for the perfectionist thing, right? Okay, so in if I was the typical LDS Mormon um, housewife, right? I was asked to take cookies. Do you remember this? I was asked to take like four dozen cookies to this nativity display around Christmas time. And I was so frustrated about this. And so they were like, we want homemade cookies. And you know what? At that moment, I was like, this is unrealistic for me. Mm -hmm. So I went to the store and I bought Oreos and I put them in a Ziploc bag. (laughs) I said, here are Ziploc bags with Oreos. I have met my commitment. This was more realistic to me. But that perfectionist side, right, is always like, I failed. You're supposed to do this. You failed. But it's okay sometimes to take Oreos to things. It's okay sometimes to not live up to those if they are not realistic to you. It's okay to be like, no. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, we signed up for it, so I had to. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then because you felt obligated to sign up, though. Yeah. But if we take it to the teens, too, um, I was talking to, you know, a high school student the other day, and she was talking about how all of these boys are always pressuring them to have sex. Mm-hmm. If you were being that stereotypical high school girlfriend, then, yeah, you got to give it up. But, you know, she's like, I wasn't ready for that. And that is OK. Don't is, feel like yes, you have to don't. meet these unrealistic expectations. Yes. Just because Netflix portrays it one way. No. They're doing whatever in Outer Banks doesn't yes. mean that you have to go be the same. I think it's so funny you said Outer Banks. I know the show, but my husband's family loves Outer Banks. I was just like, <laughs> Outer Banks. Why are you thinking the show like? I know, you know, I know. I just, I always think of that in the Banks' name. High school kid. Like, it is not a real perception of high yeah, school life. This is not, and so, this is like, yep. No, it's. I just love the. You know, there's there's always going to be something where we're supposed to be, should be, whatever it is. They're really complex. It is really hard. At the end of the day, identify what really matters to you. And if it doesn't really matter to you, why are you doing it? You know, like, that's what I always <laughs> ask my clients in the day. Like, why? Like, why do we care? <laughs> yeah. Like, why, why do we care? You know, and like, th- yes, I get caught up in it because there was a moment where I was like, should I breastfeed my baby? And then I call my mom and she's like, girl, you do what you want. Like, you know, and she didn't tell yeah. me what to do or not do. But she was like, you, you do what's best for you as a mommy, you know? And like, and that just gave me permission to be like, you're right. I don't have to. Um, but that was hard to get that permission. And that, like, luckily I have a mom who's also like understands this concept. So she was like, don't, doesn't matter. You know, like. Take it to the man. No, seriously. <laughs> um, <laughs> so find a person, because I have my mom and my sister and my husband. Find a person that you can go to when you're like feeling that pressure and just state it so that you can get that like we need permission sometimes we need like, which I'm not saying you need permission for it, but I feel like for me, I yeah, do need that like helps. validation. Yeah. I need that. Yeah. Like why you, you do what you got to do. It's okay. Like let it go. And, and there's been some times where I have it and I regret not letting it go, you know, like, cause I'm still doing something and I'm like, I really shouldn't be doing this right now because it's not good for me or it's like whatever. But the more often that I listen to that validation, the more often I notice that I'm not dealing with this as much, the pressure. Good. Okay. So remember guys, your key takeaway, don't feel pressured into things. Don't feel like you have to be the perfectionist. It's okay. These expectations are unrealistic. Take the Oreos to the church event and formula feed your baby. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
I am really surprised you haven't sang Under Pressure yet. <laughs> oh, man. I that. I really was like waiting pushing, for it this whole time. See? Pushing down on me. <laughs> Brittany's going to be a singer on here. This is like, I always told you in an alternate life, I was Aretha and Barbara mixed into one person. I feel like you'd just be the hippie singer with the big glasses. I really want to be Aretha and Barbara. What was that Daisy? Anyways, we're going to go off on a tangent there and people don't need that one, so... <laughs> Daisy who? There's like some show, Daisy Jones or something on Amazon. Oh yeah, I read the book. Yeah, I feel like you'd be in that band. Anyways, I would be. I don't actually. I don't think it'd be Daisy. She's a little crazy. I don't know the character, so I can't say that. Oh yeah, I don't want to be style. No, I'm just talking about style. But anyways, I don't. I have a lot of issues. I haven't watched it, but apparently it's Obviously, I do not want to be dating. I didn't call you her. I just said you would be in a band with her. I'm just kidding. I don't want to be Daisy Jones. Okay, sassy butches. I would love to dress like Daisy Jones, but Daisy has a lot of demons. So. See, the dressing. I was just talking about style. Thank goodness. Expectations. Okay. Yeah. Aretha and Barbara rolled into one human being. Barbara just was a diva. But we love uh, yeah, well, I do have a leopard fur coat in my closet, so. And you do know how to sing Jingle Bells as quick as she does. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. <laughs> all right, my so my expectations <laughs> for everybody listening is start identifying your motivator. At the end of the day, that's going to be your biggest help me is um, identify why you're doing what you're doing. Like, is it for you? Is it for other people? And if it's for other people, does that like... I will do something for my husband sometimes, like um, watch a movie I really don't want to watch because I don't want to watch a movie. But I really love my husband. All the Marvel movies. Yes. I've been there, done that. Yeah. I really love my husband, so I'll watch it. You know what I mean? They're like, I want to like do something with him. So like, yeah, I'll go do that. That's fine. That's a good motivator. That's a good expectation, right? Because I care enough about this person to do that. Um, But then other times I'll be like, no, I'm not willing to cross that line for other things. And that's where it's okay. Like you just got to figure out what your boundaries are and what's motivating you. And stick it to the man. Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stick it to the maniosis. Did we get um, everything today? I think so. I think we did. And I hope that this has helped you as you've been listening to this to process through your expectations. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be perfect. It's, I think. Yeah. This is such a big subject and a lot of people seem to have questions on the subject. Like, so we are more than open to coming back and doing another one that are, are more detailed or like question and answers for people that they notice their systems on. Um, we just, you guys have to ask the questions. We're not going to planning on doing another one of this right now, but if we have enough feedback from this episode that people have questions or want us to dive more into specifics or like case by case. So some people get examples of it, of how they would like we would approach it. Feel free to reach out to us and we can maybe do an episode on that. Yeah. We're happy to answer questions. This is something that we have been working on. I mean, our parents raised us our whole lives not to live up to people's expectations, but mm-hmm. I still came out a perfectionist. And especially mm-hmm. in the last seven years, we've really been working on identifying these things, living up to our own expectations, being who we truly are and doing what matters for us. Um, we've been practicing this for seven plus years now and it's still hard for us. So that's why we're more than willing to talk about it. We just, if you need more examples or things, we need the community to reach out to us and ask. Yeah. And like, yeah, we're willing to answer questions. So we'd love to hear from you. 
Um, if you want to connect with us on social media through Uhane Counseling, you can reach us there. You can shoot us an email on our website, uhanecounseling.com. It's in our show notes. And as always, follow us on Spotify or Apple. Uh, spread the word. Hit your likes. And thank you so much for all your support and listening. Bye.